There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, it's Allie for the Hollywood Life Podcast. It is Allie and I'm joined by my co-host, Bonnie Fuller. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Allie. How you doing? Good, good. Now the sun's coming out here for me. I know you're in the midst of a thunderstorm. Yeah, uh, but we are storm blowing in. Yep, yep. But um, let's kick things off. Um, while we talk about the weather here in New York, Harry is in the UK. Um, and he's taken the stand. He's he's in court. One of the first times that a royal has been testifying in court and I think it's at 130 years yeah I think it is oh the first time and talk about a storm like uh, a thunderstorm is eh. nothing comparison in comparison to the storm that Prince Harry is setting off in the UK because yeah it's just not done like royals just don't go and testify in court so listen it's actually the first time in 130 years that a royal has ever testified in court and this is setting off talk about a storm such a huge storm in the UK because it's something just not done that having the royal family go to court and to testify against the press and you know Harry though feels so strongly about how the British tabloid press have made he and particularly Megan a target and that they've just printed such vicious untruths about them. That's what he believes. And he's actually suing the Daily Mirror, which is a big tabloid there. And, you know, he he talks about this in his book about how, first of all, how his mother, Princess Diana, was hounded by the press and he blames the paparazzi for her death in the car crash that happened in Paris. But he also blames them for just terrifying his growing up life from being, you know, like a young, even before he was a teen being followed and harassed. And um, he also talks though about how there is this kind of alliance between the tabloid press in Britain and the Royal family. And that the royal family um, has their people who keep in touch with the tabloids and who Mm. feed them information and so Mm. that they will write that and not something else. But he feels like his family never protected him and kind of served him up, he and Megan up as the red meat for them. Why, going back to the, to royals not testifying, essentially, why is that? Do you know? Well, again, because the royals are supposed to be above it all. They're mm. supposed to, like just supposed to keep their stiff upper lip and not pay attention to what the, you know, the mere press says about them because they're royalty. They just should be above. The attitude is they should be above it all, not feed it. And that if they participate 
do trials, fight against it, they think it's going to make it worse. I mean, again, Harry and his book Spare, which is so interesting. I, I really do recommend reading it. Um, he, he says that that was the counsel that he received from his father, who's now the king, King Charles, and from all the royal advisors that were around him. They were like, oh, no, you can't say anything. Let it be. It'll go away. And he wants to defend himself. Yeah, and Megan. No one else is. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, Atlee, don't you remember how, like, I mean, still, they're so mean to Megan. They do yeah. say, like, you're always seeing these stories in, like, the Daily Mail and other British uh, websites, just saying the meanest things, like saying that she did this and she did that. And, and you know, who knows? I don't I mean he he actually pulls out a couple of specific examples. Yeah. Like the big uh kerfuffle between Kate and Megan before the wedding over whether the little bridesmaids would wear pantyhose. I mean, it right. was just like a mountain or a mis- like they took a mosquito and turned it into a mountain. It was just ridiculous. Right. right. Well, and they said it was like Megan making Kate cry when actually it was the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before on the podcast, just how the British press really differs from the press here. I mean, that they can be just so vicious. And so, you know, I think it'll be really interesting. I I think that the courts are very conservative within uh, the UK. I mean, I think we know that like Johnny, Johnny Depp had lost his case there. He won in the US that same case. Um, and so I'll be interested to see what happens, but I do know that Harry's had some wins thus far, uh, against the press in some other loss. Yeah. He has over stolen letters and over, yeah, the stolen letter. I think that a letter that she had written to her father, that press, I guess, paid off her father to get. Mm -hmm. I do really feel sorry for them because, you know, she was very close to her father growing up, Thomas Markle, and he totally betrayed her. He just went for money. He took the money to betray his own daughter and wrote, you know, wrote, like spoke about her, gave interviews in the- And then come to her wedding. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I saw, I did watch part of their documentary series. Did you watch that? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how she was a daddy's girl growing up. Like she spent a lot of time with her father yeah. and they were very close. Can you imagine the betrayal? I mean, you're close no. to your dad. No. Yes. I mean, and, and the heartbreak I'm sure. And that that's, you know, it, it, and Harry talks about this and has spoken about it. Like that, like she's going through essentially like losing her father. Her father's health was all over the place too around the wedding. She was stressed with being just like a bride. And then for the press to add to the stress on top of it, like I'm happy that Harry's taking the stand and and speaking out because, you know, win or lose, it's kind of one of those things that he's probably doing for the like show of it to like say he did it versus because he needs to type thing I think he might have I think he's got a good chance of winning I mean they're very very invasive Mm -hmm. and um 
I do understand why she didn't go back for the coronation for King Charles coronation. Yeah. She knew they'd only write nasty things about her. She stayed home and you didn't see her and they still wrote nasty things. Oh, about right. Her. Right. She's damned if she does damned as she don't. She really is. And, uh, you know, I also don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know that any of us can really understand what it's like to be a member of the royal family and then have your father now be the king. And, you know, to like, he looks like that's his dad. That's the only father he's ever had. And yet his father is sort of the head of this huge empire. It's like a business empire, the firm. Right. And the firm still comes first, comes above all else. Yeah, I will be interested to see, like, within our lifetime, what William's kids end up like. It'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Well, and, and you know, Lily, Archie had his birthday the same day as the coronation. coronation. So that gave, gave Harry the excuse to just jet home for the birthday. But apparently it was just Lily Betts' second birthday. And... And there were no public birthday wishes from the royal family to Lilibet. And I don't know whether that's normal or not, but there was some statement about how from the from a, a royal spork, spokesperson saying, oh, we never do public birthday wishes for non-working members of the royal family. I know, look at you roll your eyes. <laughs> like, that's who so cares? cares? That's so, so petty. petty. I mean, yeah. if their fa family, like you're right, like it's like in in any other case, family's family, except here, apparently, you know, it's like right. it's succession. They're awful, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like everyone's awful. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, like Charles only has five grandchildren: three with William, two with Harry. Like it, it's not like he's got 16 grandchildren, like he's a Duggar or something. You know? So in that case, it'd probably be like 30 Maybe. grandchildren. Right. You know, to remember. Charles or Jim Bob. Yeah. So he doesn't, I mean, you can't send, I would guess he didn't even send any private birthday wishes. Otherwise the public birthday wishes wouldn't even, like the fact there were none wouldn't have been noted. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I, for one, am going to keep my eyes on this court case uh, and see what more Harry has to say. Um, but leading into our next topic today, Kim Cattrall is returning to her character of Samantha Jones in the Sex and the City reboot and just like that for season two. But it's not necessarily as we'd expect. She's not reunited with the girls. Uh, she filmed a solo scene without seeing anybody um, where her character's on the phone with Carrie, reportedly, by Variety. Right. And the thing is, is that in reality, Carrie isn't even on the phone. I guess it was like somebody else who's reading Carrie's script. And apparently that was the deal that she would do it, but she didn't, as long as she didn't have to speak directly to Sarah Jessica Parker or any other cast members, or to see 
Patrick King, who's the like producer of the show. Right. right. Yeah, a lot of preconditions. I mean, what? Like I we don't know still what went down between no. the women. Like we don't know. Like all we know is that she does not get along with them. And like she had freaked out, like Sarah Jessica, I remember had commented when like Kim Cattrall's brother had passed and Kim posted and and Sarah Jessica commented and like Kim went off on her in the comments. Yeah. And then that was like the first sign of a feud. And now yeah, like how dare, how dare you pretend to care? Yeah, yeah it so, was nasty. Yeah. And so now we don't really still know what happened except for the fact that like the first season of and just like that like was definitely missing samantha yeah she was also out of the third movie right oh i thought one of the movies she didn't appear in um well she has publicly said uh things like about the salary that she was not happy with her salary and I guess of the salaries of everybody except for Sarah Jessica like that Sarah Jessica was paid so much more and that was an issue and she she also said things like well they just weren't nice to me like they were not they the other the other women were not nice interesting I like can't imagine that like just because they're all friends with each other and Kim's the only one but like I don't know, maybe something happened. There's so many like back, you know, behind the scenes, on screen, off screen feuds that have happened through the years and shows. So, I mean, but one day it'll come out. I'm just happy that she'll be back in it. I mean, she should. Yeah. Be. I know I miss her character a lot. At least think, for a moment. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll, maybe they'll figure out a way to have more off, um, off, like, solo conversations yeah. yeah I mean it's kind of crazy just for her to like I mean I wonder how much they paid her for her to just like talk on the phone for five minutes not even to Sarah Jessica yeah probably a lot I would mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. yeah I do miss her character and her character was so funny and I loved her romance with that younger gorgeous yeah model yeah. guy was so cute yeah she really like brought so much to the show she was like the funny raunchy friend like the, that was missing last last season for sure so yeah I wonder what that phone conversation will entail but I'm excited to see Samantha back me too well uh speaking of people who are back and not back together <laughs> um so Taylor Swift's very quick romance with Matt Healy from the 1975 is done already. wonder what happened there. They've been friends yeah. for a long time. And that seemed like she seems to have these, you know, in between long relationships, like these very kind of short, heated, passionate romances where the guys are just so smitten. Yeah. So um, I feel like, it, I, I, a lot of people when they first started dating were not into it. Like they're her fans were like, get her away from this guy. Like he's very eccentric. He's, um, a rocker. Like they just don't necessarily have much in common. I guess that fans thought, um, and that apparently according to entertainment tonight that we wrote on our site, 
is that that's kind of what happened. Like they're both really busy. They're both touring and they just realized they weren't really compatible and it kind of just fizzled. Like it wasn't really ever a serious relationship. They were never really exclusive. It just was kind of like a, she was coming off of her split from Joe Alwyn and like he was there and it was fun. And now they're like, they back. did seem to kind of go in like hot and heavy. You know, he went yeah. to several other concerts. He was making little hearts and touching his heart during her show. I mean, they, yeah. were, they were photographed a lot. It looked like they um, they did made some music together and then something must have happened. Remember her and Harry Styles? Like that was a short, um, very kind of hot flame of romance that just went bust quickly too maybe she realized that she just like shouldn't be with musicians maybe it's like the musician thing like she like they're they're all too emotional the two like you know two musicians together it's like too creative too much emotion too much like you know well tom hiddleston he was an actor and that was another yeah. one of those very short, intense no, relationships. No, she was there for kind of a while. They were well, together for a bit. Maybe three, four months, but that's it. Mm. Wasn't that long. Yeah, they just did a lot together. Yeah, I know. They were like intense together. He was wearing t-shirts, I love Taylor, and <laughs> totally hanging out together. It, and then bust. Yeah. Like he went off to film in Australia and then that um, one of the Thor movies and that was it. Yeah, they, um, that was like a different, like an additional thing that like she went right to him right after her split from Calvin Harris. Yep. Like that was another one. So I feel like she just like sometimes needs like somebody to like get her through a breakup and then she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, no, I'm good. You know what I yeah. mean? Self-esteem's yeah. back a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like how J-Lo was, you know, used to be. Oh. She'd just mm-hmm. go from one romance. Like, she'd literally go from being in one romance to another without a break. Yeah. Just like us, Allie, right? Yeah. <laughs> we always just, you know, had men waiting whenever we had a breakup. Yeah, exactly. Lined up down the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, fans are definitely, from what I've seen, very happy that this relationship is no more. Uh, and so I guess, yeah, now we know Taylor is single again once more. She is like on this tour circuit, though. She's going abroad to tour in the fall. Yeah, I don't even know if she has time for romance. But listen, what she did have time for that I thought was so great is really um, coming out in support of Pride Month and in support of the LGBTQ community and um, the trans community and speaking out about it at at least one concert, maybe more. And, you know, and and telling them concretely, you've got to vote against people who are passing these laws that are hurting trans people and LGBTQ people. Like there's a lot of anti-trans and anti-LGBTQ legislation that seriously impacts their lives and takes away their civil rights and Taylor was really clear about it she wasn't just a you know all love I love everybody but she was specific you've got to vote and get rid of these people it's not right what they're doing we have to show like real support 
Yep. She really is amazing. Um, so very excited to see what more she says at her shows because she, uh, yeah, she's taken a, a stand, which is amazing. We love to see that. Yeah, and her state, Tennessee, um, you know, had passed the anti-drag law, which actually was just thrown out of like a judge threw it yeah. out. Constitutional. Thank you, judge. Ooh. And, but they've also passed an anti-gender affirming care law um, for trans young people. They can no longer get health care, like gender affirming health care. And that's yep. in her state. So all of these things are happening in her state. Yep. Um, well, we love to see her speaking out. And um, like you just said, a happy Pride Month to everybody. Um, yes. Make sure you guys visit Hollywood Life for all of our Pride coverage. We have some great stuff up. Um, been asking some artists some of their favorite music for their Pride playlists and things like that. So visit HollywoodLife.com to uh, read more on those things. And then stay tuned for our Upcoming interview, uh, we are chatting with Jerry O'Connell, who is just a sweetheart. So nice. Um, so interesting. Such a great, uh, just such a great guest. So stay tuned and so enjoy. So funny. He is so funny. You guys have to listen. Okay. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, we are here today with our Hollywood Life podcast and have a wonderful guest, a friend of the show. We can't wait to start talking with him. But before I introduce him, I want to say hello to my co-anchor, Ali Stagnita. Hey, Ali. Hi, Bonnie. Yes, so excited for our guest today. He has so much going on. I don't know how he does it all. And I'm excited to hear about all of the fun things that he has, uh, all the projects he's working on, talk shows he's hosting and beyond. So um, Bonnie, I will let you introduce our guest. Okay. And you're absolutely right, because our guest has so much going on. We are really grateful that he could fit us in, but we, we want to hear all about all his new projects, well, and continued projects. So everybody welcome Jerry O'Donnell. Hi, Jerry. Guys, I, I don't have that much going on. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm a little busy, but I mean, it's not like crazy. Well, uh, yes, you do. You do. And we have Jerry O'Connell. I, um, I, you know, I have to say, I do do that daily show to talk. So that is every day, but it's only like, I mean, it's only an hour show. I work one hour a day. That's not like, most people wouldn't say that's like crazy hard work. And I do no, I do no, unlike you guys who are obviously professionals, I'm not supposed to be a TV host. It's something that I sort of like fell into. I mean, I don't do any preparation. I, yeah, I'm not that big. I do no preparation. Wait, I saw I saw you did you posted a clip on your Instagram and you said that you don't think and and that on the show because you're 
Well, you know what's funny? I can't believe uh, that. Well, listen, first hey. of all, you guys, you guys are both journalists, okay? You are journalists. I'm sure you have degrees. I'm sure you have licenses. I'm sure you've been deemed professionals. I am an actor who just happened to get a job on the talk. I don't, people don't expect the same standards out of me as they do from you. So I sort of, uh, it's really funny. I interviewed James Corden yesterday for the talk because he's ending his show and they gave me a whole list of questions. And when I got there, I was like, I'm not going to ask him any of these. I just want to like have a conversation with someone who is probably going through an emotional time. And it was really like, that's how I go about this job is like, I just figure I'm walking up to a bar and James Corden is sitting there and he's about to end his show. And I just want to ask him what he's going through. And that's, that's really how I sort of do this hosting gig. I mean, it's, it's a little different. I just, um, I'm like not good at the you connect on a personal level. And by the way, I'm a journalist and I called you Jerry O'Donnell and you're Jerry O'Connell. So that's bad. Oh, I, everyone, hey, listen, <laughs> at least you didn't call me Chris Chris O'Donnell. I know, I saw that clip Jason, too. <laughs> Jason Bateman is, uh, uh, usually people go, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Bateman. So tell us about the seventh season of Ozark, Jason. <laughs> I do think like there's something to be said. I think about it a lot because I do have a journalism degree and I see, you know, Ashley Graham hosting the Oscars red carpet or something like that. Right. And I'm like, you know, irks me a little bit, but I do think that there's something to be said about somebody who can make these celebrities feel comfortable yeah. and be able to have a conversation with them where they feel like they're speaking to a peer. And I think that you have that great happy medium of allowing them to do that while also, you know, understanding the job of a journalist. You know, it's so, so, I, I can't believe I'm bringing up this James Corden thing, but because I work here at the talk and it's on CBS, it's sort of like our James Corden week this week. But it's really funny, before I went to go interview him for the talk, you know, they gave me a whole list of questions and stuff and like, what was your favorite moment? Who was your favorite celebrity? What was your favorite carpool karaoke? But it's really funny talking to him he was really melancholy about it all ending. He was, yeah. he's, he's, he's pretty emo and that changes everything. You know, you can't just be like, Hey, tell me about your favorite moment and all that stuff. If somebody's melancholy and you're talking to them as a human, you'd say, Hey uh, man, tell me what you're going through right now. Like, tell me about these emotions. You know, it's, um, it's funny. I, I, I sort of vibe with it, which is probably why they'll fire me from the talk. Um, no, no, no. I, I think that that I'm sure that it's almost it's really like a relief for somebody to connect on that kind of human emotional level instead of being grilled about, you know, what was your favorite carpool karaoke? Did you feel that he was maybe regretting the fact that that show was, no, you know, it's, it's, it's really funny. Uh, the, the way I presented it to him was, you know, I'm an actor who is now a TV host on the talk. And, you know, I have two kids who are, uh, you know, about to be college bound, hopefully if they get in. Um, I, I wouldn't have the nerve to quit my day job. I just, I wouldn't... I, 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 yeah, and so I made it about like, how do you, where'd you get the, 
this is the that's a pretty brave thing to do. I mean, we all have jobs, we all have bills. Um, how are you? Where'd you get the the chutzpah to do this? And uh, he said, "I'm I'm really scared. I'm I'm scared right now. I I have I'm scared of the unknown." And um, listen, that said, I mean, he's I'm sure he's going to go on to wildly successful things, and you got to take chances like that in life. So it was a cool interview. I I well we'll really I'll look forward to to seeing yeah. it. And you know, I come I completely relate to what you're saying about approaching him and about understanding that because yeah, we all have responsibilities. He's got he's got four kids, I think. And, you know, we all have bills to pay and college to put to put our kids through. And yeah, unless he has some other project lined up, it is does take a lot of courage. He'll be okay. I have a feeling he'll be okay. <laughs> wait a second yeah he's in like every single movie musical that is to come he has like a million projects like i mean as great as he was on his talk show i feel like that was almost holding him back from like the more stuff that he could do you know it is really funny though as an actor um there's so much abject reaction and unemployment uh when you are an actor um the idea of quitting a job is is crazy it's like it's 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 baffling to me you know this is like yeah. i mean you know uh, like as an actor you like ride you ride that thing till the wheels fall off you know <laughs> Well, it's not why, um, you know, so many actors do love to get a TV series or so many actors got, you know, started in soaps because, hey, it's a regular gig. Mm. And even if you've been in a show for a long time, it can be then a long time before you get another great show. I mean, that can happen. You know, fortunately, I'm I'm married to an actress, Rebecca Romaine. Look it up, everybody. Um <laughs> So it's it's fun to be with another performer who understands um, how stressful the job can be, you know. So um, I really lean on my wife when uh, times are lean, and uh, when times are lean for my wife, my wife really leans on me. It's um, it's uh, it's really fun being married to um, to an actress. It, it really is. It's 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 a real relief. It it, it saves me in, in in therapy bills. <laughs> She is like a superhero because, you know, now she, um, she was, uh, like, a yeah, she was literally a superhero and now yeah, in X-Men. Sure. Right. And then now she's in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Now she's exploring space. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's really fun. My wife loves being on Star Trek. It's really fun for us. Uh, you know, my wife loves going to the conventions. It's, um, it's good. We're we're really proud of her. We're uh, we're all really proud of her. It's a good time. My my, my wife gets to wear those cool, sexy Star Trek outfit, the yeah. uniform, Starfleet stuff. It's um it's fun. I'll tell you the really fun thing is my wife plays um, Una, um, who is um, who has long dark hair. So it's funny when I go visit my wife at work. It's like. I feel like I'm almost cheating on my wife. It's a completely different person. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, 
tell us a little bit too, you said your kids are about to, or are applying to schools and kind of, they're older now. How has that changed yours and your wife's approach to your career, your acting career? Do you feel like you have to act more now and work more? Do you ready to like that? My kids are about to enter high school. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, somebody's, somebody's gotta be watching those two, you know, I mean, we got a couple of 14 year olds and, you know, you gotta keep your eye on the kids these days. Uh, so, uh, you know, um, we, uh, think about that a lot, you know, it's, um, I, I, I do have to say if I go away and work, I I find it's, um, I I don't want to like, I don't want to make generalizations, but if my wife goes away and works, um, my wife really misses our kids. You know, when I go away and work, I don't really, I don't really miss them. <laughs> Where my wife, um, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it is a balance having, um, you know, my wife who's busy. I really, um, I, I, uh, I have to really encourage her to, um, work because my wife would much rather be at home with our kids, you know, and, uh, I, 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 and I, and when I say encourage her, I try to help out as much as I can and, you know, um, pick up a lot of the duties that my wife is way better at me, uh, uh, way better than me at, um, you know, making breakfast. My wife actually prepares like scrambled eggs with cheese and a toast and lightly yeah. buttered and crust cut off. And I'm like, there's cereal, go eat. We have to go get in the car. I'll be in the car, get in the car. Um, a lot of, a lot of, like when I'm in charge, a lot of drive-throughs, sorry, mom, a lot of drive-throughs. It's just so much easier. It is. And uh, <laughs> I, so, I saw uh, that, I guess I'll, I'll, I look at your Instagram a lot. You had the most hilarious video, I guess, with your daughters and a friend of theirs. I follow you too, Bonnie. Oh, oh, wait, <laughs> in the car. And I take it you're not one of those parents who takes away their phones because they were all like just double down on their phones. And Crazy. you're going, there's music. Listen, you, you've got to pay know. attention. Yeah, you know, I have 14-year-old daughters. They just, uh, their phones are uh, their lives, you know. Um, you know, my, my daughters are pretty good about like, you know, we take their phones at dinner and, you know, when we tell them, put your phones down, they're pretty good about it. But, you know, there, there are a lot of occasions where we have to take their phones away. What do you want? They're, they're, they're 14 year old girls. When I was a kid, my parents told me I was watching too much TV. So I'm sure there's always going to be something for every generation, you know? Do they, um, now that they're older and like understand kind of what you do, do, are they interested in you know, your job, who you talk to, things like that. You know, what's, you know, what's so funny? Um, I have one daughter who's more of an athlete and one daughter who is really interested in, um, in performing. And as they get into high school, you know, people who have kids who are of high school age and older know this. That's when sort of kids sort of like figure out what lanes they want to take, you know, and, um, man, we have a little, uh, we have a little performer, um, in our midst it's uh it's funny she's actually like asked us like hey can i start to get into acting <laughs> and um uh you know um i guess i'm gonna have to become a stage dad like start to you know um 
<laughs> drive them around to auditions and say, we need this job. Right. You're going to go in there. You're going to give everything you've got. We need <laughs> this money. Do you understand me? <laughs> How do you guys feel about them or like your daughter entering the industry? You know, I, I really think of it as um, whatever kids get excited about, you know, um, Again, I have one daughter who's very much into volleyball and one daughter who's very much into performing. And, you know, I'm sure other people have kids who are very musically, you know, um, inclined. Um, fortunately, me, neither of my children are academically inclined at this point. Um, but- um, can come later. We, uh, we I, I, I think the key is to just like, help them do whatever they get excited about. You know, I mean, look, I have two 14 year olds. They're not vaping and they're, you know, excited about their extracurricular activities. So we'll, we'll take that as a win. That's, that's a major thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, and how do they feel though? Like about what, what you and Rebecca do, are they ever like, like, oh, I'm so embarrassed that my father did <laughs> or, you know, don't talk about it, dad. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think they get more embarrassed. Like, for example, my uh, children take a bus home from school. So I have to meet them at a bus stop. And yesterday they were with a group of cute boys. And, you know, I pulled the car up and I was like, hey, fellas, you need a ride? <laughs> and my daughter's like, dad, just, just, just go, just drive, just drive. And I was like, hold on a second. Hey, fellas. You need a ride? And they were like, oh, no, Mr. O'Connell. And I was like, all right, well, uh, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. Say goodbye, girls. And my, my kids were really embarrassed about that. But um, I think they get embarrassed in, in that sense. But um, I, I think our kids are, uh, I mean, they're, I don't know if they're proud of me. They're proud of my wife. I mean, they're <laughs> sort of proud of her. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're, I mean, I guess all kids are embarrassed by their parents. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I think all kids are embarrassed. No matter what you do, they're embarrassed by you. But like, I'm including myself in this. Of course. Um, Now, in terms of like Pictionary, you've got the new season starting up. And I think it's really hard. Like I was impressed when like Rebecca went on and she drew something. I I would be completely flabbergasted when I was trying to draw something. It's so crazy. Pictionary is typically not a group event and it's certainly not displayed on a large monitor and it's certainly not televised to the world. Um, Typically you're just drawing it for your opponent and, you know, you're typically, you know, just yelling at your grandma to like, yes, that's what it is. It's a glue gun. Can't you see? (laughs) Oh, Uh oh, you probably Oh, there we got you back. Are you talking to me? Um, I it um, it's uh, it, it really is asking a lot of people to draw. Drawing is like kind of a personal thing. It's it can be kind of embarrassing, especially if you're a bad drawer. You know that said, as someone who's the host of a game show that's on TV, sometimes those embarrassing moments are kind of good television, so you don't want to discourage them, but um. You know, I always, whenever we get our contestants on our show, I always meet with them before there's like a meeting area and I give them like the secrets to our show. I'm like, use colors, please use colors. If it's money, use green. 
if it's a bumblebee, yellow and black, if it's pizza, um, red with pepperoni, like uh, if it's water, blue, like if it's an animal, brown. I, I, I um, I because it's not my money that I'm giving away. It, I'm giving away <laughs> Fox's money. Take it all. It's all yours. <laughs> like I don't care. I want you to get this money. So, um, I, really, my job as a host is to make the contestants and and our celebrities feel as comfortable as possible. Now, you had said um, prior to the season starting back in September that it was one of the toughest things you had done in your entire career hosting the show. What made it so difficult? Uh, you know, I just have never been because if you host a game show, you're a judge, you're a referee, you're like a, a TV producer, you have to keep a game moving on. You have to be a mathematician, you have to keep score, you have to add scores up. You have to remember, in my case, I have six people playing at any given time. I have to remember six names. And these are like the celebrities I remember, but I've just met four new people who are coming on. It's like, you know, we don't have name tags on our show. So it's like, I can't like look over and say, oh, Jamie. Um, it's like too much thinking, man. It's like thinking. That, that's and hard. It's so funny. That is hard. But, you know, and people like Pat Sajak and Alex Trebek, God rest his soul. And I, I mean, like all the greats, Bob Eubanks, like, you know, Meredith Vieira, they make it look so easy. And I thought this was going to be the easiest job I ever had. I thought this was going to be a joke. And it wasn't. And um, now that I've gotten used to it, I mean, it is pretty easy, but <laughs> it's uh, those first, those first couple of weeks. I, it's so funny. Um, my boss called me the first day I did it and we took a very long time to shoot it. And I kept messing up and I kept messing up the score. And my boss called me up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to get fired from this job. <laughs> They're about to say like, hey, we tried it. Wayne Brady's coming in. Um, he's got more experience. Uh, and he was really nice. My boss, he called up. He was like, I know today was tough. I could tell because you were sweating so much. And, um, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Just let it go. And it really, uh, so it took a little bit. It, it really did. But now that I'm sort of in the groove, it's uh, easy. How many? And, and really, and really, like my only job in Pictionary is to make sure without cheating, you can't cheat on game shows. Oh, that's another thing. We have like lawyers who say like, give us the whole spiel before every day. And they give us like a whole like speech. You can't cheat. And if you do, you could be fined like 150 grand. It's like a whole thing. Like cheating, you cannot cheat in game shows. You mean you can't cheat? Like by giving- I can't, I can't help people. You know, again, it's not my money. So I'm like the first couple of shows, I was like, hey, it's, uh, it's a pizza. It's a pizza. It's a knuckle. It's a knuckle. And then immediately they were like, cut, stop. You can't do that, Jerry. And I was like, what? Don't we like want them to win? And they're like, you can't do that. That's cheating. And I was like, it's not cheating. It's like, you know, just open them out. Come on. And it's like a serious offense. <laughs> I could like, could you imagine if I went to jail for picture? Not a game show jail. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell, uh, sentence. I'm hoping a, a contestant. 
please. You're too nice to host a yeah, game show. Right. <laughs> But, but I'm super aware of all other game show hosts now. Like I saw Pat Sajak put somebody in a headlock like yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, Pat Sajak, I would never do that. I would never wrestle one of my contestants. And then I was like, oh, maybe next season I should like should do that. start wrestling the contestants. Yeah. Okay, Sajak, I see your headlock and I'll raise you uh, an arm bar. <laughs> oh my gosh. Game show hosts, like it's kind of a very elite circle of people who've done this do any of you like get together at a bar like do you have like a once a month game night? yeah yeah <laughs> all of us me strahan sajak <laughs> viera brady <laughs> Poker. drew all of us we get together and we talk about the biz yeah <laughs> um uh no uh no other game show hosts have talked to me at all uh <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so funny um so um jay leno does um uh you bet your life and uh it it's also on the fox station so so a couple times i've i've sort of like seen him or like been around his studio and stuff and um i uh i, I have an older car but it's kind of like a crappy car i bought it on craigslist it's not very it's not like it's a 1981 corvette but it's um it's always breaking down it's it's terrible it's not like a collector's car but it's my version of a collector's car <laughs> and i i drove it when i was gonna um go watch jay leno do his show before i started pictionary just to see how the pros do it um i drove my corvette and i parked it near him and i was like yeah hey mr leno, look you know this is my car and he was like oh yeah a1 Corvette. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, oh gosh, maybe I should have, maybe I should have gotten it waxed before I go. But I, um, yeah, I, I guess I watched Leno do his show beforehand. Um, it's mostly, uh, uh, no, we don't have a club or anything. <gasps> yeah, yeah, um, that would be cool. It definitely we gave you an idea. You could start, you know, start a texting chain and get it organized. Nice, yeah. Um, now, Jerry, before all of this, you were filling in a few times for Wendy Williams. You were close with Wendy yeah. Williams um, for her show. Have you um, watched the Sherry show since she's of taken course. that time slot? Have you, like, what are your thoughts on that? First of all, love Sherry. Sherry is very good friends with my coworker, Cheryl Underwood. Um, you know, a lot of the same team from the Wendy show uh, works with Sherry now. Uh, Sherry's doing a great job. Sherry's really uh, done a great job with that and made it her own. And um, uh, John, her, uh, her coworker, her co-host um, is awesome. The whole show is great. Listen, there's been a lot of like movement in the daytime world. I mean- yeah. Yeah. shows are leaving you know mark consuelos is now uh kelly's co-host yeah i love to see those two they're really cracking me up they're doing a great job uh it was so fun i watched um they did a dancing segment the other day with the dancing with the stars people and um man mark consuelos is really dipping kelly and i was like this is so great only like a oh, married yeah. couple 
Yeah. But yeah, they could, they're the only ones who could get away with that and do it. And they look so good. And it's so funny when, when I watch um, Kelly and Mark, you know, I, I, I know them well. I've right. co-hosted with, with, with Kelly a bunch of times. I, I can tell, I know them personally. I can tell the thing that makes me smile so much is how much fun they're having on their faces. You can see it. And it's funny when you watch TV, especially like daytime, I love to see people having fun, like literally like here. Mm-hmm. And I can tell Kelly and Mark are just enjoying it. They just have a twinkle in their eyes. It's really like, I really, I, I, I'm, I'm mesmerized by watching the two of them. It's really, uh, it's really a couple goals. Also, I know them personally. They're such good parents. They're so good with their kids. Uh, their kids are just a touch older than my kids. I take a lot of advice from them. They're very helpful. And I'm, I'm really enjoying watching them. I loved how Kelly introduced Mark as like the co-host until one of them dies. <laughs> like the first one of them has to die to my permanent co-host. I was like, yeah. Yeah. He can't leave. And like, it's really fun too. I, I mean, when you have a co-host, I'm sure there's like a period of like getting to know each other. There's none of that period with these two, you know? Yeah. Do you think like there's been, I mean, what's your thoughts on co-hosts? Like, do they, is it, is it better to have the kind of chemistry where you get along? Like, like they're beyond, you know, great chemistry. They're married, they're in love. Um, Or sometimes, and this happens on TV shows, you have, you find out that stars that seem to have such incredible energy together apparently don't get along like don't particularly like each other yeah it's definitely no well I mean I know there's like famous stories about like you know Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis not getting right. along on Moonlighting and that was legit the best show ever made on TV yeah they had great um, on there. you know I think it's different for every situation you know I mean people watch uh, people get Chemistry is not something, there's no formula to it. That's why it's so difficult to get that winning formula. There is no formula. There is no science. There is no marketing tool. There is no easy answer to that. It's, it's, it's magic, you know? Um, I, I really enjoy watching Mark and Kelly up there. I, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's like, <laughs> listen, it's, it's couple goals. It really is. I think it, uh, honestly, uh, watching them uh, from nine to 10 every morning, um, I think it makes me a better husband. Well, Just, speaking it, of couple goals and co hosting, um, you and Rebecca were co hosting The Real Love Boat. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, how did that go? And are we going to be seeing? You know- it was really fun. I don't think it, I think it got canceled, unfortunately, sad oh, face emoji, no. but um, we really enjoyed it. We had a good time. We uh, only got into two fights uh, during the, <laughs> during the season. Uh, one wasn't that big. One was pretty big, but we decided to stay married and uh, here we are. <laughs> so would you work together again on something? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I love my wife. I love working with her. It's just so fun. We have a, we have a really fun time. We've been doing these really funny things on Instagram. 
my wife and my children have become huge Colleen Hoover fans. If you don't yeah. know who Colleen Hoover is, it's sort of writer. like a, it's An a author. sexy time writer. Everything's a relationship and it's like sexy writing and the kids love it. And it's actually my kids who told my wife, my wife loves to read. And um, we've been, uh, so my wife was like, you should read a couple of these. And so we've been doing book reviews of Colleen Hoover on Instagram. <laughs> And it's um, it's been really fun doing those with my I wife. I check that out. I, I'm a <laughs> reader, and Verity is like my favorite book. I'm in the listen. I'm in the middle of Verity right now. Uh, this, oh, she's the, she's reading the uh, manuscript, and um, Verity did some bad things. I can't believe that. Well, I I honestly can't believe that Blake Lively was cast in the upcoming Colleen Hoover movie because she should be the wife in Verity that's the my wife. okay interesting I don't think Verity. these are any spoilers and you can cut out any spoilers but I have a feeling that the writer and the husband are about to get together I'm uh right now in the book uh the writer saw Verity maybe looking out the window and just got the chapter three where uh oh. Verity did some bad things to her unborn kids I read that book in four hours sitting on a beach well, our, so our review is uh, our review is coming pending. I'm going to be anxiously awaiting. Um, maybe you guys, that's a good show idea, you know, doing some like family book time or something. <laughs> I'm, a, well, I'm kind I of know. a slow re- I'm kind of a slow reader, so give me uh, give me a little bit. <laughs> well, what I know now is I'm going to have to read Colleen Hoover. You gotta, you yeah. gotta, Bonnie. So, yeah. It's like it's like Daniel Steele. It's it's pretty so good, good stuff. So good. Um, and we were talking a little bit about chemistry with um, with co-hosts. Tell us a little bit about working with your team on the talk. We just had Amanda Klutz on here last yeah. week. Uh, and she's the best. You have such a great crew over yeah. there. It's really fun. We um, just come in every day and we, you know, I mean, the show's called The Talk. We just talk. It's really, uh, it's pretty fun and easygoing. It's, it's great. My favorite thing is I come in in the morning and the rest of the day i'm like i'm paparazzi ready <laughs> you're like tmz cameras come ask me some where questions. are you i'm hanging out in the mall all the time like where are you <laughs> i'm coming back and forth in my car oh man um amazing is there anything else coming up for you that you wanted to make sure we chatted about today no i'm i'm on yelp you can follow me on yelp i leave reviews for restaurants and stuff well just before you go i have to say that i am like because of you and your your reviews of food um i've got to try that kanish place in new york shlomo kanish you said it's like the best original yona shimmels yeah yeah yona shimmels check it out trust me shimmels yeah in New York City, and it's the Lower right East there, Side. Right there, Lower East Side, right near Katz's. Thanks. Bye, Jerry. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you so much.